This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic and conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. It is the Batter Up Podcast for the 14th of July, uh, the week of the 14th of July. Willie P., Joe Patrick, Caleb Johnson. You know, it's funny how when the world of sports gets started again and everything else gets uh, started. We you know we had Atlanta United start. We have the Braves starting soon and some of these other things falling into focus. Uh, I feel like I haven't had a lot of time with you guys, so this is nice to get an opportunity to see you. Hello, Joseph. Yeah, I feel exactly the same, Will. Like the, After no sports, now we're just inundated with them, or at least I am. So it's been, uh, it's been good, though. I'm not complaining. Hello, Caleb Johnson. I know that uh, I took the baton from you earlier this morning. I hope everything's all right with you. Uh, I'll get into a little bit of, of why this is kind of an odd day for me, but but I'm here and, and excited to talk about a little, little baseball. Uh, we're excited to talk some baseball. We actually got to see some baseball for the first time on Monday and even a little bit at the end of last week. Granted, it was from high home cameras and uh, I know the production value probably lacked uh, a lot of what a lot of Braves fans were expecting to see on Monday night, Rough. and it was hard to kind of gleam anything out of uh, Monday night's scrimmage, but Mike Soroka looked good. You had two hits from Marcelo Zuna. Uh, Travis Darno goes deep. Christian Pache gives us all a little quick scare, but he seems to be okay. I think, Joe, if you look at at some of the particulars, all it really does right now is it kind of really puts a big microscope on some of the real important parts of this team's success upcoming in this season. And I think chief among them is Marcelo Zuna. Yeah, totally. I mean, I think that he's going to have, obviously going to have a big role to play in terms of, especially when you think about the position he's filling with kind of trying to step into the shoes of what Josh Donaldson was and what meant for this team last year. I do want to say uh, regarding the, the game last night, it kind of, the camera angles reminded me of um, when you like played the baseball game on your TI-83 calculator in math class. <laughs> it's like yes. it zooms out to that camera angle. Yes. That's what yes, it was yes. really bringing back, um, you know, making me feel nostalgic there about that. But yeah, Ozuna's going to be a big, um, big factor this season. 
Uh, I'm get, starting to get really excited about a lot of these guys we're able to see. I think Christian Pache obviously had a big night, had that injury scare, but it sounds like he's going to be fine. And I think that it's Pache season, baby. Let's go. Get him on the roster. Get him on the roster, Snit. <laughs> I know that one of the things you wanted to touch on, Caleb, uh, was the pitching and the effects of uh, team dad Cole Hamels still kind of being on the shelf. Yeah, so obviously we, we found out the news today, our not today, this week, that he's going to be delayed some time based on, what was it, tendonitis, I think, that he's... The tricep. tricep yeah, tricep tendon, tendonitis yeah. that, he's, that he's dealing with. My problem is, is that, and it was something that we didn't exactly have time to address last week, he said something on July 3rd, his first time getting in front of Braves media, he said something that just gave me a cause for concern of how we got to the point now where he's not ready to start the season? Uh, yeah, and it, did, it did change just because once the season got uh, you know, put on hold, uh, we changed up uh, our workouts to where it was four to five days a week opposed to seven days a week. Um, and there was a couple uh, grace days in there with travel. Um, you know, so it, it kind of stretched out uh, my rehab process, I guess you could say. Uh, I think if, if I would have been able to do it where the season was going, um, I, I know I probably would have been pretty confident that I would have been ready by the end of May uh, and, and really uh, been able to do that. But now, uh, just because we, uh, we kind of extended it, uh, I mean, you look at it now, it's into July. So, I mean, it kind of added about a month and a half. That's about 45 extra days uh, that we kind of stretched it out because we weren't in a rush. So did you guys catch that, the fact that, because we hit this pandemic and baseball stopped momentarily for, for these weeks while everyone was trying to figure out how we get the game back going safely, Cole Hamels somehow went from seven days a week of rehabbing to four to five days a week rehabbing and pushed his start date to the end of July, which is now going to be pushed back even further because he's dealing with tendonitis. Yeah. Um. <laughs> okay. So, you, so, I did you, hear so that. you had yes, yeah, so you had about <laughs> the same response that I did. Where when he said this live, I was thinking to myself, Cole, I don't know that I would have said that right first. No. Uh, just because. Well, so there's there, there's kind of two parts of this. Either you were going to because he said he would he was going to be rushing to get back at the end of May had baseball been going on normally. Which mm-hmm. that major red flag to me, you you are an older pitcher. Let's be honest with, with where he's at, you know, age-wise. He's an older guy. He's had injuries before. And you're telling me you are going to rush to get back to start the season. So no, no telling what could have happened later down the road, an injury pop up like this tendonitis kind of thing, whatever. But then he decided to slow down the process by just a couple of days and that is now delaying you know where things are at now i'm just i'm so confused and uh uncomfortable with with the plan i'm gonna take a stab so as an older pitcher i think he has a better grip on what he needs in order to get ready for a season for a younger pitcher you might be kind of in the lab almost in the in the the sense that mike soroka was yesterday you know i feel like there's 
a lot more that you have to do with less experience in order to try and figure out how do I get my certain pitches working? Am I working on anything new? I think Cole Hamels is very much a finished canvas right now. He knows what he is at his age. So he probably doesn't need the kind of time that some of these other uh, pitchers on the Brave staff would need. And I also feel like, you know, there might not be as much expected from these pitchers early on. Like they're going to basically kind of have their hands held through this first two to four week period when it comes to being stretched out and when it comes to uh, whether or not you're going to have guys going more than three or four innings. Although, if you listen to Brian Snicker, the the four guys who look like they've kind of had some run over the course of this first little bit of spring training, guys like Soroka and Tomlin and Freed, you know, those guys might actually be fully stretched out to around five, six, seven innings by the time we get to uh, a week from Friday and uh, you're starting games on the 4th of, uh, or the 24th of July. So I, I, I share your concerns, Caleb. I think that you need Cole Hamels to be available to be able to be an effective pitcher to be available in order for this team to want to do what it wants to do in the 2020 season. I won't join the level of concern, but I will say that I'm watching it with extreme caution, Joe. Yeah, totally. I remember when he said that, and I always just assumed there was a physiotherapeutic reason for it that I was unaware of, or that I, I just assumed to be kind of the proper protocol in terms of building yourself, building your strength back up and not wanting to go too hard, I guess, you know, too soon. Um, but yeah, it's not great with the timing here. And I will say, you know, we've given Alex Anthopoulos a ton of credit for pretty much every move that he's made <laughs> since he's um, come to the Braves organization. And I do just think this is maybe one of them where not that, not that Hamels was like um, misscouted or anything like that. I mean, I think that the, the logic behind signing someone like him made a lot of sense, but I do just wonder like, were they actually aware of the, the injury situation? Um, obviously he, he had some stuff that happened last year but it yeah. was not affecting it was that was not related to his arm uh, and and so far it's not great that we've heard we he had a shoulder injury and now tricep uh inflammation or tendonitis to me that's like elbow you know like that's what I'm kind of feeling like it is uh, or that's kind of the area the joint that it would be affecting so well, not good to have something affecting your jo- your shoulder and your tricep isn't that flirting with Tommy John type stuff like like diff- I don't know if that's the same again I know it's all part of the kinetic chain I don't know if that's the same type of type of deal when it comes to uh, okay all right when it comes to that I, I think I think it's more along the lines of of uh of, of, a, of a muscle back here that kind of thing I I will say I would not um or I'm not going to be one to criticize uh Hamill's general fitness level because when we've talked to him in zooms like he looks oh yeah absolutely like he look he looks like lean and in really good shape but again with pitchers it all comes down to what shape is the arm in (laughs) you know muscle inflammation is not usually again muscle inflammation is not the same as ligament inflammation one can cause the other but i think it's it's premature or uh or not appropriate to make that leap as of yet but uh, and even and even Tommy John for somebody that late in their career is is not exactly something you want to go down to uh, that particular uh, realm of, of thinking. I think we now kind of have a good idea 
where the Braves are in terms of, of splitting up the 30-man roster. Here is manager Brian Snitker on just how uh, that process is going. Well, I'm hoping we got enough, you know, healthy guys to, to take 30 um, right now. So, um, you know, we've been – we're not sure yet, whether it be 17, 13, you know, 16, 14. I would probably, you know, lean on 17, 13 uh, starting out, especially for that first 20-day stretch. That is a little bit from Brian Snitker. Don't you get a feeling that he's he's kind of a little like, – exasperated a little bit from the way that this all has started, the fact that he hasn't gotten his four COVID-positive guys back. And, and this is, I think, again, like we said earlier in the, in the summer, this is going to be a how do teams limit the speed bumps and manage the speed bumps that will be this very peculiar season. I, I, I've just been thinking about this recently with all this stuff that has happened with the Braves, especially with their starting pitching, which we always expected to kind of be the one area of the team that was generally solid, right? Like that was the area of the team where you felt like there was a lot of depth there. And I think that despite everything that's happened, the Braves are kind of buoyed a little bit by that depth that they have and that they have some guys that are able to come into these situations. And I've been thinking about how other teams are dealing with this. Unfortunately, I don't just don't have the brain mental capacity to follow with a lot of uh you know up close what a lot of other teams in the league are dealing with but i got to imagine that this is a big issue not just in the braves organization but around the league and i think the braves are kind of uh you know they have some solace in the fact that they've got some of these young pitchers even a guy like a a bryce wilson uh, for example or um an ian anderson that that aren't guys you expected to actually you know, contribute a lot to the major league level going into the season, but at least you have that kind of talent in, in that that's ready to go. Uh, when you talk about the Braves and kind of the talent that they've had in their pipeline, a lot, like kind of not the criticism of it, but just kind of the, the warning sign has been that a lot of it's top heavy. Like the, the system is top heavy with a lot of talent that's ready to potentially contribute at the major league level, not as much at the low end. Uh, of the talent pipeline. And I think that actually that's benefiting the Braves in this situation where they have some guys who can step in and fill roles that maybe they aren't really ready for, but we're actually, we're going to get a chance to see him at least. And we're and then we're, they're going to kind of um, go through a crucible this season. And we're going to see how, how effective they're able to be at this level. You know, one thing I'll kind of piggyback off the idea of the fact that the Braves are essentially going to see some of their younger talent, what they can do. I think this goes back a little bit to we wondered weeks ago. We you know, we talked about Alex Anthopoulos and him making some moves and him him being in a win now mentality, even though it's a shortened season, all these kinds of things. And it's it's interesting how just a couple of weeks can can essentially change that mindset where I now think Al Alex has gone from a win now you know, we don't care that it's a shortened season. We want to bring a championship to Atlanta to having to kind of not reshape that focus, but realize, hey, we're not going to go out here. And now that Freddie is out, go make a blockbuster trade for somebody else. Like we're going to see what we have here and just kind of feel things out because there could be something that goes wrong next week where we're having to, to look and make another move to fill, you know, to plug that hole essentially. And it's it's interesting how the mindset has kind of changed as we go from 
yes, the Braves want to win a championship, but at this point, they're just trying to field a team that we can hope be competitive. Yeah, um, I'm going to take that a step further, uh, Caleb, because, you know, I, I, I thought about a lot of what Alex said with that statement about how we plan to be active at the trade deadline. And, and I feel like that was something that, that, the, that at the time I wasn't totally buying just because of the fact that um, I thought a lot of teams, like you said, would want to see a full complement, a full season of what exactly we have amongst the team-owned guys. But I feel like necessity might create chaos. And I feel like there might be some chaos on the trade market when it comes to by the time we get to the end of August. Like you said, there could be teams like the Braves with needs. You could find out that, hey, we don't have nearly enough starting pitching. we got to go get another one. Or the bullpen makeover didn't go as originally scheduled, which I know would drive Braves fans absolutely batty because of the fact that we've tried to remake this bullpen two or three different times within the last year. Um, and I also feel like, you know, if you want to go get a bat, especially with the universal DH, that could be a need that uh, necessitates itself over the course of the first uh, month and change of the season. I, I feel like we are going to see a very active season. I don't want to sit here and say that we're going to have a lot of player movement between teams, but I do think that you're probably going to see general managers take chances they would not normally take in a, in a regular season because of the fact that even though you really kind of have nothing to lose, if you gain a championship or if you gain a pennant or if you gain some sort of accolade that your team has not previously gotten, like the Braves have kind of been on this little ceiling where they haven't gotten past the league division series, if they can get past that level, that's a feather in Anthopolis's cap, and I think he understands that. Sure, sure. Again, it's like the, the asterisk thing. Um, and I think that over time, yeah, if you if you could have success this year, every, every team is playing under the same rules. And um, over time, people, if you are able to accomplish something like that, like you were talking about, Will, then people aren't going to necessarily count it, hold it against you. The fact that it maybe happened in this really strange season. I am I do just want to kind of um, emphasize how interested I am in how the trade market is going to unfold this season. I feel like it's going to be really difficult early in the season to actually make any of these deals because of the fact that the season is so short. If you were a team like, well, let's just say uh, like the Marlins, nobody's mm. realistically thinking the Marlins have any chance and, and they probably don't. They've got a really difficult schedule, all that stuff, but they do have some young talent and like, you know, what if they get off to a, a really, really hot start, you know, like then it's like, whoa, whoa, maybe we can actually get a wild card spot. You know, like when you with, with the season being as short as it is, it's going to be so volatile. And I think that teams are going to at least wait to see if they think they have a realistic chance before they start to deal players. Now, that's always the case to an extent, but I feel like in a normal season, you're able to like some teams just kind of know where they are in the pecking order over 162 games. They've got no shots, so they might be willing to deal players a little bit earlier. I've seen like a guy like Josh Bell from the Pirates first baseman being mentioned. Obviously, the Braves aren't going to be able to like go grab no. him. But um, but, you know, like players like that, like would players like that be available 
it, does it matter? This is, is this season changing anything uh, because of just how crazy of a situation it is as to whether they're available or more available or less available than they would be in a normal year? Could, could I couch it this way? Do you think that if one particular contender moves, that could spur activity from the others? Absolutely. I think that's, that's kind of always, you know, if essentially if someone who we consider to be a championship contender goes out and makes a big splash, other teams will, will look to follow whether they'll actually make a move or not would be another story. However, I think the one thing, look, I was on a couple of weeks ago that, you know, Anthopolis is all in. He's going to be making moves. Other teams are going to be making moves. But as we get closer to the start of a season that is so uncertain, where the, you know, the Braves are, are missing valuable guys that you don't, you know, other teams don't know whether they want to give up players or not. And then we don't know if we're going to finish the season. I mean, I know we're all optimistic that things are going to be just fine, you know, and the and college football is going to play to some extent. The NFL is going to get started to some extent. And, you know, the NBA is going to get their bubble going and and, and all of these kinds of things. And, and that's a very optimistic view to have. But we don't know that the season is going to finish. And so why would any general manager make a move for a player that he might not be able to, to utilize to their full extent? I just... I don't, I don't. I don't see a lot of activity happening. Shaking my head, Caleb trying to cancel sorry. the season once I'm again. I'm sorry, man. <laughs> Look, it's just no, no. You're right. I mean, you're totally right. It's a totally valid point to make. I'm just, I, yeah. I like to give you crap about that. No, it's true. And the other thing about the, the trade situation, the like, kind of the um, the the landscape of uh, making transactions between teams right now is that everybody kind of has the same needs, right? Like everybody, yeah. everybody in the NL is looking for that extra hitter to fill the DH spot. Everybody needs more starting pitching. pitching. Everybody needs more relievers that can go multiple innings. So when everybody has the same need, there's not necessarily the supply for it uh, unless you coming from your own system. So I think that that's where the Braves are actually um, a little bit better off maybe than a lot than some other teams where they've got to kind of have some of those players for this specific situation where you need hitters to step up to fill the DH. I think the Braves have plenty of guys who can do that. And the Braves also have some of these young guys that we've talked about um, that could come in and potentially pitch for them. In, in our final couple of minutes, guys, I know that, uh, like I said, it, it's it's hard not being able to see it in front of us as far as whether or not there are certain guys we're looking towards over the course of this final kind of week to 10 days before the season starts that we're looking for uh, as far as the, the input. I'll give you one of mine. Uh, Travis Darno is a guy who I would say has had the kind of career, I don't want to say it's misunderstood, but it's hard to evaluate because of the fact that he has just had so much of his time on the disabled list. And when he's been in the lineup, he hasn't necessarily been a defensive liability, but his bat has certainly been a big part of the teams he's been on. I mean, he helped Tampa Bay Rays go to a uh, go to a big playoff run uh, down the stretch of the season. and. I do think that if he can, and again, depending on how they go and platoon the catching position for the Braves, you know, I don't know how they're going to split the duties, especially with so little off days, but if he can play 30, 35 games and hit 280, that's something that I don't think this lineup has had at the catching position, at least consistently, 
I know that Flowers is somebody who you think of as as not really the best receiver. We talk about that a lot when it comes to him, but if you can get kind of a solid rock behind the plate, depending on how he learns the pitching rotation and the different pitchers on this team, I feel like that's that's an undervalued asset if you can uh, if you can get that position solid. Totally agree. It's one of those underrated signings that was made this offseason, and I give Alex Anthopoulos a lot of credit for kind of uh, kind of finding the, this uh, signing because it is a really nice compliment to what they had. And I think it's like you were kind of talking about there, Will. I think it's going to be, you know, an upgrade over what you had last season, despite the fact that we all love Brian McCann, you know, uh, Braves, totally. kind of a Braves legend. But um, you're going to get way more production now out, out of Darno. And you do wonder if he could actually start to even maybe get a little bit more of the share of at-bats just because his bat is so valuable. And if he can stay healthy, I think that it's going to prove to be that way um, instead of it being more of a 50-50 split with with Flowers. Of course, at the catcher position, you always have to worry about how they're feeling physically because, you know, all the, the games on their knees and that kind of thing. But I totally agree with you. And he, I, it's really been great to see him show some of that pop that he's got with the bat. I think that, you know, he's a guy who... We've all talked about Marcelo Zuna batting fourth, and that's clearly what's going to be the case as we head into the season. But I wouldn't be shocked if Darno um, plays himself into that spot in the batting order over time, uh, especially like I'm kind of down on Ozuna right now. Um, but maybe it's because I haven't really seen him much in, in person play yet. But I had two hits yesterday, yeah, Joseph. He was, he was good yesterday. He was, he was improving. I, I'm more colored by the by his spring. The 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 original right. the initial spring that he had was was quite I got poor. You. Um, fair, very fair. But I think the Darno could prove to be like not the obviously not like the MVP of this team, but like kind of like the player who gives you way more value than maybe you were expecting. Most I, overvalued player. Yeah, I mean, I would, I would dare I say, compare him to the signing of Kurt Suzuki a couple of years ago, where a guy that you were just expecting to to be a body to fill a, a role and, and ended up stepping up, you know, rather well. I'm hoping, you know, Will, you were saying, I hope you get 30 to 35 starts out of him. I would push as many up, you know, 35 <laughs> plus to keep, look, I, I I like Tyler Flowers as a person, and that is one of those you have to divide. He he's a is a pleasant guy to talk to in the locker room. This is something you never do. You always allow your personal characteristics about a guy to affect your opinion about them on the field. Yeah, I no, I always do that, and, <laughs> and so to, I just want to see him as little as possible behind the plate. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. It's just, it's, it's the truth. I, I get, and honestly, I'm cool with Darno because I, I was trying to remember, I was trying to rack my brain. There was a couple of flashy catcher, pro, uh, not prospects, but free agents or trade options that the Braves had that they, of course, you know, uh, balked at and ended up going with Darno. And I, and I feel like he's a, he's one of those guys who, Please surprise us and, and end up being, you know, a, a really valuable part of this team uh, and, and stay healthy because if he goes down, man, that's, uh, yeah, we're going to have a, a, a rough uh, fall. <laughs> he needs to stay healthy. That's for sure. Uh, the top catching free agents from last year, if this helps you, uh, Caleb, uh, 
I think Yasmani Grandal was there. He was, okay. he was the yeah. big one, and I actually heard... Um, he went to the White Sox? He went to the White Sox, yeah. Okay. And I, I kind of heard through the grapevine that the Braves um, were not uh, in, like enamored with him because of the personality fit within the clubhouse. I think that was a, kind of an issue for the Braves. And they've always been... like Alex Anthopoulos has always been very upfront about that, and that the players that they sign, not only do they want them to be productive ball players on the field, but it's very important for the organization to make sure that the guys they're bringing in are going to be good fits within the clubhouse. Um, and so I think that, again, another reason I think Darno uh, was kind of a, a guy they really liked. He's also it. one of the only he's also one of the only two guys who got a multi-year deal amongst catchers, and it was four years, $73 million. So huh. I don't think you were getting... Th- <laughs> yeah, you weren't, yeah. You weren't paying that money for that yeah. guy. And the only other guy who got a multi-year contract, uh, you guessed it, it was Travis Darno, two years, $16 million. Um, you, would you have wanted Alex Avila, Francisco no, well, Cervelli, and, yeah, Robinson, Chirinos? Yeah, you wouldn't want to... Uh, I don't think you would have wanted to bring Cervelli back at with the, with the role be- becoming expanded, I should say. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, yeah, so I'm perfectly fine with Darno. It was just one of those things that when, you, when the move was made, you're kind of like, eh. All right, he's the guy, and, and now I'm kind of like, hey, step up a little bit, you know. <laughs> I, I'm just because I'm I'm lo- now now you've got me in a bad rabbit hole when it comes to <laughs> I'm sorry to hey, a, a, a two year deal a two year deal coming from Alex Anthopoulos is right? like a, that's Spender. like a that's like a long term blockbuster yeah that's almost like a marriage to some people yeah what are you guys <laughs> what are you guys taking away from this idea that the Braves might have uh. Oh, oh, what is the role they're calling it? Like a, not a closer. An, an opener? Oh, an, an opener. opener. The opener. There we go. Yeah, I was like, it's not a starter, an opener. There yeah. we go. <laughs> um, I don't know if this season is the right season to go about doing that, <laughs> but I'm not diametrically opposed to it, given your current situation when it comes to your starting pitching. I mean, I... I Think about where the Braves' strengths are right now outside of their top two starters on their pitching staff. It's their bullpen. So if maybe once every fifth day you have to piece together one of those type of games, I wouldn't go beyond to say that I'm I'm above doing it. I know it makes a lot of the baseball purists go absolutely nuts, but I'm, I'm, I'm open to seeing what it looks like. I will say this. The Braves at least have the personnel in the bullpen to feasibly be able to pull it off the thing with an opener is that like you can't it can't just be like a a throwaway bullpen pitcher like it has to be somebody good because you're coming into the game to face the top of the order like you know it's not not an easy task so uh and the braves do have guys you know you've got Shane Green, Mark Melanson uh even Tuki Dusan when he comes back who can go multiple innings you know, you've got kind of quality there that could potentially be able to do it. I'm not certain that it works, but I would love to see it just as a baseball fan. I, I would just kind of, I would be very interested. And I, again, I think that that's one of the intriguing things about this season in general is that we could see a lot of these kinds of things. Well, I, I partly wanted to talk about it just because uh, Gay Burns of the AJC, you know, he's the one that, that wrote an article about it. And I found it entertaining and a bit funny, the fact that Essentially, Snit didn't deny it, but he didn't acknowledge it either. He was just kind of like, eh, yeah, it might be something we do. I think he admitted and, that they had discussed it. Yeah, and, it, and it's one of those things that, uh, like, this is this is no criticism of Gay Burns. 
but it was like something that a bunch of people I saw all of a sudden run with that were like, oh, the Braves are going to have an opener. Yeah. And it was like, wait, wait, no. Like, Snit just did his normal thing where he was like, eh, 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 yeah, yeah. yeah we, and the funny, thing, the funny thing with Snit is sometimes, like, if you see his words on paper, you might think he's, like, saying one thing yes. or alluding to one thing. And then you <laughs> yes. hear it, let him, like, actually say it. It's like, oh, Absolutely. okay. Like, he meant something totally, like, because he's so casual. You know, like, who knows what's going to come out of his mouth. Yeah. It might, uh, it might like have been angry says, that Gabe... He, might have been angry that Gabe tipped him off, maybe. Who knows? Yeah. <laughs> There's one thing that Brian Sicker, just kind of going off on tangent here, something he he does quite often that always, like, makes me giggle inside is, like, he'll say, like, that's something we do do. <laughs> yeah. And I'm like, ah, doo-doo. Yeah, right? I <laughs> okay, Chandler. 12-year-old. Okay, Chandler. <laughs> Let's talk to you about your duties. Duties? <laughs> duties? <laughs> I love Snit. He's so funny. Yeah, I know. Oh, uh, well, that, uh, I think, is a good note to end on uh, for today's Better Up podcast. We'll be back with you next week when uh, when we hopefully, unlike Caleb's bad mojo... No, guys, guys so to, to stop you real quick, today is July 14th. Uh, I, months ago, bought plane tickets that I was supposed to be in Los Angeles sitting at the All-Star game right now, oh. and... It's supposed to be happening tonight, and it unfortunately wow. is has been canceled. Uh, it's also the two-year anniversary, if you even really look at anniversaries, of me proposing to my wife. Uh, oh. So it's like, like, it's like partly a good day, because like, cool, there's a fun memory, but then also, like, I was supposed to be in L.A. right now, and instead, uh, uh, I'm going old NASCAR and going up to Bristol this week. So, yeah, I mean, my life has had quite the... The flip flop from expecting to be in LA right now. I'm sorry, I don't look like your wife or like <laughs> the infield at Dodger Stadium. You have to. You're stuck with me. At least he All shaved right. for you. Yeah. See, there you go. There you go. It's not. It's trust me. This is not staying very long. This 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 this, this clean shaven face is going away. <laughs> for those of you who can't see it on uh, on our so Better Up podcast, <laughs> I uh, normally am wearing a beard. Uh, but over the weekend, I, I do this about once a year. I shave my beard just to uh, get it some sun, get it some, uh, get it some moisturizer, make sure that uh, there's no pimples or anything bad. Stop laughing! Don't. No, laugh. it's just like we officially got weird. Like Will said, pimples, and so, yep, we did it, guys. <laughs> Love it. Love we made it, it weird. Be sure to subscribe to the Batter Up Podcast wherever you get your podcast. Download the Radio.com app. Be sure to follow Joe on Twitter at JAPatrick200 and Caleb at ATLJohnson18. I am at Willie P. Style. This has been the Batter Up Podcast. For Joe Patrick, Caleb Johnson, I'm Will Pelagic. It is a 92.9thegameradio.com exclusive. Batter Up. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law.